Our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. And you know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. <laughs> pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It is time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a Coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Well, if you think AI's not real, I don't even know how it works. I guess I need to sit down and have a class with it from, from Dr. Mark Trump on how this stuff works. I got up this morning and I was looking for a pair of shoes. I don't know. What, not, not, no, no, I wasn't looking for a pair. I got more shoes than I could ever wear. Somebody had said something to me about a type of shoe. shoe. So this morning, I was half awake. I, I Googled it. And now I go, I punch onto my Facebook page and every other ad is an ad for shoes. What the heck's going on? What the heck? Uh, I wonder if I put them um, need for a million dollars. I wonder if I put click that in there if it start popping up in there. Uh, wow, 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 wow! A lot of good, man. What a world, huh? What a world. Something's going on. I don't know if you guys are listening. To some of these uh, the big uh, know-it-alls. If you're anything like me, it seems to me like the know-it-alls ain't known anything at all. In fact. Whatever happened to the late great planet Earth and Hal Lindsey in 19, you know, <laughs> 88 reasons why the world's going to be gone in 88 days and, and by 88, crazy, right? So that's why the word tells us we're to trust in the Lord and lean not into our own understanding, but in all of our ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. I got a couple of things I want to, happy birthday to Neil Levy. Probably wasn't supposed to say that. I don't know how Shame old he is. You, but, coach. Yeah, happy Shame birthday, Neil. Are you out in your big rig today, bud? Yeah, I'm in Milwaukee. Yesterday, I had to take a load of many uh, load to Minneapolis. I took a load of uh, horse manure over to the George Floyd Memorial. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I'm, I'm going to steal that one. Well, happy birthday anyway, to you. Anyway, I, I was 51 years old the day you started your show, so you can go with that. Wow. Well, you're getting up there, bud. You stay there. You know, some of my best years were from like 55 to I'm still having some pretty good years. Really, if you think about that, if you look over your shoulder at your life, what what were your best years? Really, what were your best years? And I think it has to do with uh, what you saw is important, doesn't it? I look back over some of the most important things. I still drive by. When I'm up up 270 North and I'm up near Dublin and I drive around, some of you won't know where it is, but this is ingrained in my in my brain. Driving around two, Route 270 up north by Dublin, Ohio, and I look over on the right-hand side and I see the Dublin High School football field. Always it comes up in my spirit. I think that was probably uh, the greatest win I'd ever, coaching football win I'd ever had in my life. And I never drive by that spot that I don't th- Remember that wonderful moment that happened at that place? That was 1990. Uh, you had to be there, right? But we have all, all have those markers in our life by which we, I don't know, is it by the way we measure success? Is that, is that how we do it? Is it, or is it? Is there something emotional, some connection with it that makes us remember those times and those places? And I think of all the things that I did that I don't even remember. I'll be sitting around with somebody and he's, hey, coach, you remember back in uh, 1994 when we did and he explains it to a, to a T and I thought, wow, I, I do now. I forgot all about that, right? What are those things that really, really impact us? And, you know, Neil, I've had 69 birthdays. I don't know if I remember any of them, really. Anything special happen on any of those 69 birthdays? I don't think so. I live in the present best I can, try to move forward. I, so I, somebody told me that, Two two good lessons you can learn. Number one, <clears throat> the Lord put eyes in the front of your uh, head for a reason, all right? And the other line I like to use is the auto the auto makers, auto workers, the auto makers. When they made a car, they're so much smarter than the average person because when they made a car, they gave you a great big windshield and a real tiny rearview mirror because it's so much more important where you're going. And where you been? You can't drive down the road looking in the rearview mirror, can you? 
We can't live our lives like that. And so it's all, uh, it's all, a, it's all a class, isn't it? It's all school. It's all, it's all an education. Every day it's an education. And it's funny that, that we would start out on this because, well, Lord, let me reel it back in here in a second. I'm excited going to Maryland this weekend. We're going to have a great event out there. I'm going to, going to ride out with Mike Blake and, and uh, hope to see some of the others out there. You can throw it up on the screen if you want to, Spence, although most, most people are going to know who are going to go are going to go. And uh, we'll go in there, we'll roll in there on Friday night. We'll have an all-day Saturday event. And uh, if you're close, join us. Nine to four. You can go home afterwards. You don't have to get a hotel if you don't want to. I'm, I'm actually uh, trying to figure out how when we do some of these brigades, we make them kind of one-day events. Especially those of you out there who may be thinking about hosting one, just do something like noon to four. Just till you first start to get people together. Because as we, uh, you know, we were just down in, <clears throat> excuse me, Kentucky for the event. I don't give Bobby enough credit. Bobby did a great job organizing that event and Linda and all the crew down there. Uh, but if you're going to try to invite somebody to an event and you say, hey, they say, what time does it start? So it starts at 10. When's it over? Uh, six. So, ooh, I, I don't know. What if I get in there and I don't like it? What, what if I'm in there with a bunch of crazies? So I think if you're trying to organize your first event, just do a, just do a one to, to four, a, a 10 till, if you want to have a lunch in the middle, that's, that's what I would suggest. And so we're going to be in, uh, Craig and, and Rusty have organized a great event for us in, um, in Maryland this weekend. We're going to be there. I know I'm going to see Myra. Right, Myra? I'm going to see you, aren't I? Oh, yeah. I'll be in Myra's turf this weekend. Amen. And any of you can get up there. We'd love to have you, you go. They're always, they're always good. They're always great fellowship and uh, look forward to it. And today is the sixth anniversary of uh, Coach Dave Lives. It started on the 25th and um, of whatever year that would have been. What, six years ago? It's 22. Must have been 216. Is that right? Is that right? My goodness, 2016. Well, so happy anniversary to me. Uh, I know Michelle's listening right now. How many of you would love to for me to do a show this week with Michelle? Well, you guys can do a Q&A and get to know my wife. Now, look, as I said, I'm not trying to do a Tammy Faye and Jim Baker thing. It's never like that. And listen, I'm not Pastor Dave and she's Pastor Michelle. No, 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 uh, no, 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 no. So, sorry. Where we got this idea of husband and wife pastors, I don't that's that's a, that's another invention of uh, whatever we're in. But how many of you would enjoy, so Michelle's listening right now, say yes if you'd like to be able to get to know Michelle a little bit better. Say no if you don't. Go ahead. Good, Michelle. You listen. Yes. 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 Okay, Michelle. I don't know if they mean Michelle. it or not. But yes. yes. So, so you can ask her the question: How the heck she can put up with me with all my yelling and 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 the fact that I'm not. Well, listen. You'll look in my wife's eyes. I I have to tell you this story. I, I heard this. Uh, Michelle and I we were getting ready to jump on an airplane one day. We were at the Rickenbacker Airplane. We're flying flying. Uh, uh, Allegiant. We walked up to the Allegiant aisle, and well, uh, you know, I'm I'm about five seven. Michelle's about I don't know. She may be she might be five, whatever. She's a little bit shorter than me. So we walk up to the aisle. A lady behind the counter, and she says something about, "Oh, you guys have to look like a you know smiley couple or something like that today." I can't remember something along that line. She said, and I said to her, "I said, uh, I said, hey, ma'am, would you do me a favor? Would you would you look in my wife's eyes? Would you look in my wife's eyes?" And she's kind of taken back, you know. And she, so she looked at Michelle and I said, you know, uh, a wise man once told me you can tell a lot about a man by looking in the wife of his eyes, or the wife of his eyes of his wife. Tell a lot by a man about a husband by looking in the eyes of his wife. And she looked into the eyes of my wife and she started to cry. Not my wife. The lady looking into the eyes of my wife started to cry. Now, folks, that's deeper than you know, right? That is deeper than you know. Because a lot of women, sorry, a lot of women are carrying a, if you ask them how, is their husband edifying to them? They're not going to have the right eyes, right? So I'm going to tell you guys out there, the way you treat your wife shows up in the face of your wife. Don't ever forget that. And so I like to get Michelle down there, talk a little bit about that kind of stuff. Oh, I got something great. Can, um, do we still have that Coach Dave live form? Because I get emails. I got one this morning. 
I get them every once in a while. And I was thinking about this is right now there's 114 people in the queue. This will grow throughout the show. That doesn't mean there's 115, 114 people listening or watching far more than that. But there's 114 people who make themselves available. It's like a call-in radio talk show. You guys are logged in. You can talk at any time. You can raise your hand and talk at any time. But I got an email, and again, I get several of them that says, Coach, I just don't feel comfortable. I just don't feel comfortable coming in there. It's because you got stars. You got Larry. You got uh, Randy. You got Mark Trump. You got Vinny. You got Kevin. You got Rochelle. Since it's the same voices over and over and over. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? You all get a little bit of a personality. That's one of the things I like about the huddles, though. Because you come walking into a huddle for the first time, and somebody looks across the room and says, are you Myra? Are you Myra? They recognize you, even though they've never met you. So that 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 kind of thing is 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 cool too. But how do I get how do I get some of you people who never say anything to say anything, say something? Is it a confidence thing on your on your end? Is it you don't feel like you're welcome to come in? Is it because you're afraid Larry's going to jump on you and say you're a satanic social call? What is it? I would love to make this have a day where new, only new people, I'm not going to do it today, but only new people get to share their, their thoughts. But you know what it is, really? I'll, I'll just say it, Lord. I'll just say that. A lot of you just don't have any confidence. You've been so beat down that you just don't, especially when it comes to spiritual things, you think, you know, what, guy, what if I say something wrong? What if I... What if I bring up a topic and I don't, when they ask me a question, I can't, it's lack of confidence, right? It's really what it is. And if you're in this show, if you're in this huddle at all, it's 121 of us in the queue right now, more watching. If you're in this, if you're in the huddle right now and you're in here at any length of time, I guarantee you, you're far smarter spiritually than most people you come in contact with. Because Amen. We, cover, because we cover just such a variety of subjects, Right. And here's what I always tell people when, when they want to get into a theological discussion. And somebody comes along. A lot of us are afraid. I learned this out on the street, by the way. A lot of people are afraid to engage in a conversation because they don't know if they're equipped to win the conversation. They don't know if they are. They're afraid somebody's going to ask them a question, and they're not going to be able to answer it, and then they're going to feel like a fool, right? So... I came up with a line years ago that I often, often use when people ask me, oh, yeah, coach, well, what about mixing threads? What about mixing threads? The Bible says you're against homosexuality. The Bible says you shouldn't wear mixed threads. What do you say about that? And rather than me getting caught into trivial arguments, right, has nothing to do with the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, I say this, you know, I like to check on that. I haven't really done that much research on that. But let me tell you what I do know. And I drag them to what I'm confident talking about. I control the conversation. I don't let them control the conversation. By the way, that's what politicians do, right? You ask a politician what they're going to do with with the taxes. The next thing you know, you're talking about something else. They just lead you away. They've learned to dominate the subject, to go to a subject where they're comfortable. And it's important that we learn to do that. I got something really good this year, but Michelle wants to get in there already. And Michelle, man, I feel bad, Michelle. I was thinking, about, by the way, that, that thank you. I got that calendar yesterday. But I feel bad about the other other little booklet that you said I haven't gotten to yet. We'll get to it. Go ahead, Michelle. Come on in. My hand was up be- back when you asked if Michelle would come into the – I am okay. so sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I- so you want her to come in? You want her to come in, I Michelle? I would love to hear from your wife. I I met her down in Louisiana, yep. and uh, she was amazing, absolutely she amazing. amazing. She could just bust out in prayer and put anybody to shame. Um, she yeah, is, she needs to yep, get in here is, with us. She is the helpmate. Well, she's listening. She listens every day, right? I said, Michelle, they need to hear from you. They need to hear why you make me so strong. They, they, need, to, they need to hear that. So we'll get her in here. Myra, come on in. Good morning, Saints. Happy anniversary, six years. This is wonderful. Isn't that unbelievable? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Here's what's amazing, Myra. There's not a day that I walk down those steps that I don't have something to say. Holy Spirit gives me something every day. And it's not always what I wrote down, like today. 
before I, I share this with you, because I was up there prepping the show and I got all kinds of stuff I could talk about. I said to Michelle, I said, honey, I just, man, I'm not feeling much here this morning. That happens a lot, by the way. I'm not feeling much. What, what do you think I should talk about? And she says, and boom, it explodes in me. So I'm going to get to it. <laughs> I'm going to get to it here in a second. Uh, Kevin, come on in. Coach, you know what it looks like when somebody's hesitant to jump into the pool yep. or they're hesitant to jump off the boat? They want to do it, but they're just hesitant. I'm going to do it, and then they yep. don't. Yep. I, think yep. that's, I, think, I think that's what it's like when people want to come in and say something, but they, they're hesitant and just tell them, hey, just take the jump. The water's fine. Yep. Once you get in there, you'll, you'll, you'll speak up and speak up. So, well, Kevin, my, well, again, my wife told me, said, uh, she said, you scare people. I said, what do you mean? She says, well, you're just so hard charging. It's a lot of times that, that turns people off. So we'll get Michelle in here, and she'll really tell you what a teddy bear I am. And if you, <laughs> if, if you come in here and you say something that I don't agree with, I'm not, not going to attack you unless it's really stupid. Then I might attack you. Like if you came in and told me how great the Pope was, we might get in an argument. But otherwise, we'll be okay. Betty, come on in. Good morning, family. Yep, I went to that website, and you can sign in if you have something to sign in, but you can't sign up. So I couldn't sign up to get into your Coach Dave Live social. All right. And also, happy anniversary. Yes, the first time I heard you, you scared me, but you were right. So <laughs> I thought you were well worth it. Amen. You know, I, I got to, I got, let me read this to you. Okay. Let me read this one to you. Boy, I, I wanted to, I didn't have an, I'm rarely without something to say, but I didn't really know what to say. In fact, this, my, this new computer, don't ever buy new computers. They're never as good as the old one. All right. No matter what they tell you. This, there it is. Okay. I got this email this morning, and come on, and I responded back, it's frozen, all right? Come on, dude. Come on up here. I want to read. Oh, anyway, the email was this. It's spinning. It was from a 24-year-old girl, woman, girl, should I call her girl? 24-year-old woman looking for a masculine husband. Not the first one of those I got. Here it is. Okay. Hang on. Uh, I probably won't be able to find it. Yes. Here's what she said. And I'm not going to say her name. And she said this. She said, hi, Mr. Dobbin, my mister. So she must be a young, must be a young thing. I'm a, I just stumbled upon your article regarding the attack on godly masculine men. I completely agree that feminism has wreaked havoc on the lives of both men and women. I wanted to reach out to ask you if you have any advice for me. I'm a 24-year-old Christian woman who's looking for a strong, godly husband who believes in biblical gender roles. My father was a very strong, godly man, and I don't see anyone that can be described that way in our churches today. I'm waiting and hoping and wondering, do you have any tips for me? Wow, I, that, that, really, that really sunk me back because it's true, isn't it? You know what? You know what I responded. I'm going to respond. I'm going to say, "Stay out of church." <laughs> That's what I was going to say. But where else do you find a guy? Anybody have an answer for? Anybody got an answer? Where do you find it? Where do you find it? Go ahead, Michelle. And this is what I would tell that young lady um, to forget about finding a strong, godly man and get on her path and start running. And in a year or so, she's going to glance over and there's going to be a strong, godly man running next to her. She's not going to have to look for him. She just needs to get on with her life and do what the Lord calls her to do. Amen. 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 You know what I see? Here's what I see. Uh, This is what I'm going to hang nail. Sorry. Bother me. Listen, can I be honest with you? Of course I do. I don't know why we even paraphrase. Hope starts our discussions like that. I don't know. I don't know a lot of strong, godly men. I don't know a lot of them. In fact, confident, godly men turn women off for the most part. Somebody give me a thumbs up. Somebody give me a thumbs up for the most part. Because can, can I tell you why? It's because women, for the most part, the last generation of women, have been raised in homes where there aren't strong men. 
Somewhere along the line, we forgot how, to, how men were supposed to be. And so they were raised in a home where mom was the boss. Now, not the boss in all things, but you guys understand that dynamic. Go ask your mom. My dad used to tell me, go ask your mom. And so we tend to, something's happened to men, that we tend to go ask mom, especially if she's our wife. Honey, what do you think? And one of the things that, one of the reasons I want to get Michelle down here to, to talk about that's a very, very important issue because I'm not a go ask mom kind of guy. Never, although I grew up in a home like that, I've never been like that. And Michelle would tell you, I'll get her in here someday to tell you, that that brings great confidence in her. And she knows I'm going to stand up, put my foot down and say, no, we ain't doing that. And that there's great security for a woman. I don't know where you find them. I don't know where you find them. Come on in, Paul. And then we'll run down the list here, Dr. Paul. By the way, Dr. Paul, before you get rolling, Dr. Paul, I'm not blowing smoke. Uh, you've been a real blessing to us in the queue. I, I get comments all the time about you. Uh, just just the wisdom that you give us, and I uh, just want you to know that you appreciate it. Come on in. I uh, have no, no comment on that because I'm just saying what God t- tells me to say. Coach, you don't intimidate me whatsoever because <laughs> I know what you're saying is true. And as far as women goes, men are out there looking for a godly woman. Yes, and, yes sir. And, you know, I'm, I'm in a kind of embarrassed on this one, but I was on a dating site uh, about a year and a half ago. And that they come to you when you're on there. But if you write your profile the way it is, and I always look for a covenant marriage. I spent 60 years without a godly woman. And I finally found one and she's, you know, 150 miles away from here, but it happens and it means everything to me mm-hmm. at the moment. But don't don't get yourself. Guys are out there looking for a strong, godly woman too. So mm-hmm. they're out there and you know, don't go to the Christian sites, dating sites or any of that site. No. It, it's out there. And yes, coach, you don't intimidate me. Good, buddy. Good. <laughs> Because I, I, sh- I should raise something up and you makes you want to bark at bark back. There's nothing wrong with barking back, is it? That's the way that's the way this world's supposed to run. Jerry, come on in, then Joe. Happy anniversary, Coach. Good morning. Thanks. I've been with you since you had 25 people in the queue only. Amazing. And for the first year and a half, I didn't say a word. So to those that are not speaking out, all you got to do is jump in with both feet. Coach Dave hasn't changed since day one he's the same person he was in the beginning he's just growing that's all so have the confidence he's just like everybody else everybody god bless you, coach thanks jerry listen my i learned that in my coaching right i coached the worst player as hard as i did the best player and so uh you know we live we folk, can can we be honest of course we can be honest we live in a world where we see people all around us schmooze their way to the top. And we think that's the way the world works. It doesn't work that way. Maybe it does in some situation. It doesn't work that way in the kingdom anyway. It doesn't work that way with me. Uh, you, you can donate money to me. You can come to every one of the event. I don't love you any more than somebody else. If you got money and you give it to us, God bless you. The Lord told you, don't you do it because you want to butter up to me because that, <laughs> that ain't going to work. And don't you give me a something because you think you're going to get Stop that, man. That may be the way the world works, but that's not the way I operate. Come on in, Joe. Happy anniversary, Coach. Yes, sir. All right. By the way, I'm by the way, Michelle, Michelle's birthday is the twenty eighth. It's coming up here in three days. So, wow. hang on a second, Joe. Uh, Stephanie, the our resident ex pagan, said, "When you and Michelle stand near each other, your auras blend, braid." Wow, good point, Stephanie. You all keep each other balanced. That's the way it's supposed to be. 24 years. Pray for the Lord to send him across her path, that 24-year-old, not to seek him out. Don't go looking for him. Ask the Lord to send it. Real earth angels are sent. Amen. Thanks, Stephanie. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Joe. The it, It's been over, uh, I'll say about five years and eight months or so when I joined the queue. I used to listen to you when you had your little one-liner shows. Hmm. And so when we introduced, when I introduced you to my wife, it was on our anniversary. 
We went to the show up there in Ohio. Russ Dizdar. Yeah. He had a bunch of people there. But what I love about Michelle, and I see what she does all the time, she, if there's a husband-wife team, she goes straight towards the wife yep. and starts up a conversation yep. and brings her into the fold. And that's yep. how you know the man's there because we're all A personalities, a lot of us. But once that man's there and brings his wife, Michelle goes for the better half. It's, it's not an act. She's just drawn to it. You're right. That's right. Absolutely. That's great observation, Joe. She does. Because you know why? She knows what it's like to go into an environment where I go some places and she goes with me and she just has to stand there and twiddle her thumbs. She knows what's that like, what's that, what that's like. So she likes to engage the spouse. I have a wonderful wife. So I have a psalm with an eagle up there. I'm not sure who it is, but come on in. T.S. with an eagle. Hey, Dave. It's Phil. How yeah. are you? Good, Phil. Good to hear from hey. you, bud probably one of the only ones uh, under 40 and in the dating market. So I can give you perspective. No, you're not, but go ahead. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, it's so diluted out there, man. There's gotta be, we gotta do untraditional things to meet people. And uh, like you said, so few godly men and uh, especially my age, twenties, thirties, they're so feminized. Mm-hmm. It's just unreal. Amen, Phil. What do we do, man? How do we toughen those guys up? And by, by the way, there are a lot of women out there that don't want strong men. So it's it's not just a one-way, it's just not a one-way swing here, right? That gate swings both ways. So women are looking for men they can dominate. I'm just telling you the truth, okay? Well, well, I agree with the lady saying, you know, don't look in a way, but at the same time, we got to we got to be intentional about putting ourselves out there and meeting people in new ways. And so the traditional thought pattern on that is true but it's also things have changed good word phil good to hear from you buddy clay come on in coach i don't think uh i think every one of us not just women every one of us needs strong godly men in our lives and i got to thinking about this the other day uh i'm so thankful for my grand my grandfathers because they were godly men but my father and uh, my uncle were the closest men that I was in, you know, other than my grandparents. And neither one of those men set good examples to me and were not men of faith. Yeah. And so, you know, you're my family now and you're taking the role that my uncle is not playing. My uncle is still not a man of great faith. So you're taking that spot in my family. And there, and there's so many people. You're an example to your grandkids, you know. So Amen. even if none of your children had were, were godly men or women, you you know you and Michelle are stepping in there to fill that void, just like my grandparents did. Amen. It's an anointing. You have to understand that we were in we were in uh, Kentucky this. I'm sorry, yeah, Kentucky last weekend, uh, and one of those uh, pregnant pauses came in the midst of a group. You guys have all been there, right? And uh, we're all uh, we're, we're in the, the banquet room, wherever we are. And I think it's Bobby Lee. Somebody said, uh, who'd like to open in prayer? And there was that pregnant pause. And I'm feeling pressure because I know even though they aren't looking at me, they're waiting on me, right? And something rose up inside me. It almost pissed me off. Can I use that word? Are you kidding me? Nobody else in here will pray. See, that's the training. The pastor has to do the praying, right? The pastor's got to pray. Who would like to open and pray? Why wouldn't a godly man say, I'd love to? Please, can I? I'd love to do that. Yes. And we're not, we're not wired that way. Why is that? I don't get it. Janine, come on in. Um, happy anniversary, too. And I have been Thanks. with you since Newslet Views. So, wow. um and you definitely don't scare me. But what you do do is you are um, you help people come together, I think. A lot of it's not like-mindedness, and we don't agree, that's for sure. But um, having been, um, having come out of the church over 25 years ago, it's hard to find um, people who have maybe 
um, like-mindedness, but um, want to uh, acquire some truth at least. And that's what I find interesting about the um, here. Uh, very seldom did I ever come into the queue for years, but um, and it wasn't because I was scared. It was just that I didn't agree with half of the crap that was being talked about. But it's great to be able to put it on the table. Mm -hmm. And um, I just thank you and well, um, enjoy it. Thank you. Thanks. I th can I tell you, friends, I think there's more honesty in the queue than I run into in most of my daily walk. I, I think people are honest in here. I think they share what they really, really think, especially in the after show. People in the after show. Folks, I don't know if you know this. Sometimes there's the after, like when we sign off, I say, see you tomorrow, and we stop. The people who have joined, they're still in here. Sometimes those conversations go for an hour, two hours in the after show. So if, you're, if you don't really want to jump in, jump in in the after show. It's like a big old family. Even we, we punch each other in the nose and wipe each other's tears. And uh, that's, where, that's where you really get to know each other. Excuse me, I think. So I, su I suggest that. Hang in there and join the after show. Debbie, come on, and then Emma. Well, a couple of things. One, I think when I first joined, there was a lot of talking over each other, which made me hesitant. I was afraid somebody would like interrupt me if I, if they thought I was wrong. Yeah. But um, the other thing about you are a teddy bear, but you're a protective teddy bear. And what I've learned in just the short time I was with you and Michelle is that you're so protective of those that you love and you roar about that. God corrects mm -hmm. those he loves. You know, yep. and so that's that's where uh, I feel that comes from. And um, yep. we don't always have to agree. And I think when we talk about godly men, I look for godly fellowship. I mean, we may find people who say that they're Christians and they want to fellowship with us. But, you know, in the last few months or year, I've had to learn that not everybody that says they're Christian and want to fellowship with you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen on that one. And that makes a huge difference because you think you're talking to somebody that you're not really talking to. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like even the people here, where one thing we have is we have a love for the Holy Spirit. We may not have it right. That's right. But we do have that. And we have a love for each other. And you, I will not let you get beat. I won't let anybody get beat up on this forum. Unless they say something that they absolutely deserve to be beat up on. But rarely does somebody come in here first time and we make fun of them or beat up. That, come on. That that's As she just said, I thought it was a good point, Debbie. There's a real protective side of me. And, again, that goes back to my coaching. I, w I wouldn't let somebody on our football team bully somebody else on the football. I wouldn't let that. You can't have that kind of stuff going on. I wouldn't let some senior pick on a freshman or pick on a sophomore. You can't do that. I'd always tell the seniors, listen, you're, in fact, I've shared this before, but trust, bear with me a second. When we got really good at London, we started winning championships. And finally, one of the local photographers started taking pictures after every victory. And we'd hang him in the school. We'd hang him. 1997 BAC champions. It hung in, it hung in the auditorium. And I would take our seniors out Every, every uh, first practice, well, not, not always first practice, but I would take him out there and I'd walk him into the auditorium and I'd point up to that picture. And I said, so you see that picture up there? See that? I said, it's your job to get the freshman's picture on that wall. That's your job. They may not do anything. They may not be, but for the rest of their life, they're going to be able to walk through this auditorium and they're going to point up there and they'll show their grandkids. They see, I was on that. See, there I am. I was on that team. And they may not have done anything to score a touchdown, a block, a punt. They may have never done anything other than put on a uniform. But you as a leader on this team, it's your job to get their picture up on that wall. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that, isn't that it? Isn't it our job in here not to beat one another down, prove we're smarter than somebody else? Isn't it our job to equip one another to get our picture up on that wall? That, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. Emma, come on in. Well, when my first husband died, I, of course, I wasn't ready to go looking for another mate, but I was in my 20s. And it's hard to find somebody in your 20s or your 30s. So by the time... I was ready. I finally asked people just that I trusted, just the people I trusted. I said I would go out with anybody once. That's all I promised. And um, 
I ended up marrying the first guy. But but <laughs> you have to ask people you trust. Who do you think would make a good mate? And they won't they won't do you wrong. They're your good friends or your. Well, this right. was my cousin. So anyway. Yep. Don't get desperate. I've, I told my wife, I'm, I'll make this announcement now. Sorry, Michelle. Make this announcement now on our sixth anniversary here. I told Michelle, listen, if I something were to happen to me and I were to die, feel free to go marry somebody else. But you're not allowed to sleep with them. But that's my standard. You can marry anybody you want to. Wings of Ghost Sun. Come on in. That's a new one. We have to mute. Nigger, 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 nigger. Well, I guess he got his, his in there. I don't even know what that was, but welcome. Coach, Coach yeah. that's, a, that's a peanut gallery right there. Yeah, I, I figure I figure it was. <laughs> I, I figured it was. I took I took a chance on him, though. Hey. <laughs> it's, all, it's all good. Yeah, it's all, all good. Right. It's all good. So, so, Coach, I'll tell you this. You never scared me, but you always challenged me. And I appreciate that. Okay. Now the first mm-hmm. time, first time I saw you was on with Doug. It was about probably about four years ago with Doug Hagman. For years, I had been telling my wife, honey, the, the fight has left the church. There's just no fight in the church. And then I mm-hmm. saw you on with Doug and you said pretty much the same thing. And I'm like, you know what? I think I like this guy. I'm going to pay attention to what he's got to say. All right. And it's been, mm-hmm. it's just been a great a great trip with you ever since. And uh, I'm just going to tell you, going to tell you one thing. Um, I married the most wonderful woman in the world and I claim no responsibility and I take no credit over it. Um, I was in my mid twenties. I was finally ready to, to find somebody and I had been looking and looking and taking my time and, you know, being patient. And I finally gave up on being patient, but what I really gave up on was doing it for myself. I gave it to the Lord. I said, father, I need to find the right mate. I need you to find her for me. I'm going to stop looking. I'm going to pay attention to other things. You bring me the right woman, not just a good woman, but the right woman. One, when I took my hand off the steering wheel and I gave it to the Lord, Amen. All right, I took my hand off that steering wheel. I gave control to the Lord. One month later, my wife walked into my life. I knew it the moment I saw her that she was from the Lord. We've been married 22 years, and I'll tell you, I wouldn't trade one day of it. So give it to the Lord, folks. It's not good that man should be alone, right? Not good that man should be alone. Come on in, Dale. Karen Carpenter. Wow. I wonder what was her husband's name saying all those songs? Carpenters. Go ahead. Go ahead, Dale. Yeah, Yeah, brother. That's way back. You know what, brother? I listen. I don't need to stroke your ego. Our relationship (laughs) goes goes more than more than a decade before this show started. Our respect for you. Brother, I couldn't I couldn't say so many kind and nice things about you because I knew you before the show and I knew you personally. And I and I think about our wives, if they were not cut from the same cloth, I don't I don't know who what two women were not only have the same name, but they have that same spirit. It's gentle. It's meek. It's biblical. They're sound. They give great counsel to their husbands, but they understand, they understand. And I don't say this in me way. They understand their place mm. in the role of the relationship. And That's brother, right. let me, now let me say this brother and I, in all mm. truth and honesty, you're a great coach. You, you, as much as people might hate Nick Saban, he is a great coach, not because he gets out on the field and play, but he brings out the best of all of his players. Mm-hmm. Brother, you have brought out the best of the best of these people who have been sitting on a sideline, brother, with incredible talents That's inside right. of them. I want to say that I appreciate our friendship, brother. It was knitted on a battlefield, and it it's like two Vietnam vets getting back together, man. We just talk for stories. Love it you, is. brother. Love you too, Dale. By the way, this is not uh, what a great guy Coach Dave is show. Okay, you can stop that. I appreciate it. That's not why. I don't even know how I got talking about this. Karen, come on in. Thanks, Dale. You have to mute yourself, Karen. Unmute yourself. Jerry, come on in while Karen's working on it. Hey, Coach. Uh, yep. I first found you on Hagman a long time ago. Go, go, go ahead. I found John Hagman a while ago, and uh, it was one of your fiery speeches that you gave attacking uh, men in the church that really brought me to come to the show. And 
I guess give my own opinion, but uh, I, I want to say I'm 37 and single with no children, and I'm currently on a dating website. And I tell you right now, it's just a sea of scantily clad women. Oh, that's some awful. Of them, that's awful. Some, some of them even wearing crosses while they are taught or wearing two pieces. Yeah. Amen. I'm with you, bud. I'm with, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm, maybe I'll start a dating site. Just kidding. Just kidding. But there are, there are a lot of, huh? Wow. There are a lot of, well, I just, I, we know the problem is. U.S. Country Girl, come on in. Good morning, everyone, and um, congratulations on your anniversary, Coach. Yeah, um, thanks. I haven't been here very long at all, only a few months. And I guess I feel comfortable jumping in because I feel like everybody here understands what Ecclesia is really supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are just trained to have to work their way up in an organization before they're allowed to open their mouths. Right, right. It's, it's just one of those things that happens when, when you go to um, the church. And I hate to, I don't mean to keep, you know, go, going back to that, but it, it really is a, a mindset that's there. And yeah. so, and something I think that happens that can deteriorate is when you get to, it, they they tell you you have to grow you have to grow you have to grow and sometimes in all of the attempts at growth you end up losing the intimacy between the people and like i said i haven't been here very long but i have i mean for the amount of people that you have i haven't seen that happen here and that's that's a blessing, and I think it's just because of the way that you've done things that everybody feels comfortable coming forward with their piece, mm. with whatever they that whatever they have to say or give. And um, I, I, think- I, pre- I appreciate that because that's real. That's really what I, I like. I said I always, I always told all of my coaches, your two cents is worth two cents here. I think that's a. I think that's a wonderful philosophy of life. If somebody brings their two cents to the table, you shouldn't be able to hammer them because you got a 50 cent piece, right? And I think the more that people realize that, uh, that what they have to say is not always true, not always accepted, but valuable and worthy of a voice, I, I, think, that's, I think that's the best way to try to operate. And by the way, not the way churches operate, is it? Do you always, is your two cents always worth two cents with, the, with your pastor? I'd say the answer is no. It's not always no. what you say. And so I always, I always hope it remains like that here. Bless you. Thanks for joining us. Betty, come on in. Then Julie. Uh, yes. I'll, I just want to say I agree. I second the emotions of everybody when it comes to you. Because I know the first time I met you, you scared me, but not in the way where I was scared, if that means. <laughs> but, you know, I was like, if I wanted to go talk to you, would you bite my head off? You mm. know, but I agreed with you. You know, so when I was born again, my eyes and ears were open and I saw what was going on. But when I met you, instead of my eyes being half open and you would like, it was like a wake up call. Big, big time. Even though I was awoke or awake, whatever. So yeah, I think that's the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit bore witness with yours, right? That's what, that's the way it works, right? Yeah. The only thing I... God has a time for everything. I just wish I'd have heard about you 30 years ago. <laughs> no, that's all time. So listen, it's folks, for a reason. I'm a coach. That's why I call myself coach, not Pastor Dave. I hate it when people call me Pastor Dave. I said, are you kidding me? Pastor, I'm a coach. And I'm going to say things to you that you don't want to hear because that's what coaches do. Right? That's what they do. Julie, come in. Then, then uh, Kevin again. Good morning. Good morning, coach. Happy anniversary. I think you got turned on to this channel. I mean, God, like, he's speaking through you to people. And you don't hear this in the churches. And I appreciate that so much. And everybody's got their um, stuff to bring to the table, you know, to to share and to, you know, to bounce off ideas off each other. And I just love it. And I just think this is more family than what the church has to offer. Amen, Julie. Hey, Julie, I was just prompted by the Holy Spirit uh, as you as you were talking there. There's somebody out there in the queue right now that wants to talk, but they don't have the confidence to do it. Come on in. I know, I know. It may be more than one. 
So, oh Lord, what's the Lord? I could play. I could play that prophet act. The Lord's telling me that. I'm just telling you. Come on in. It's okay. Come on in. Kevin, come on. All right, Coach. I just got one last thing to say, and then I'll shut up. And this isn't about you, but this is about the huddle. Okay. So you know, every morning I love to tune into my good friend Jeff Cooner and listen to the Jeff Cooner report and and uh, you know get my news. And I and I I always consider Jeff my my morning coffee. But I come in here, I jump out of his show, and I come in here every morning to get breakfast. And I want you to remember <laughs> that. That is how it is. I come in, and I know everybody else does. Start out first thing in the morning. We get spiritual feeding here every day. This is Amen. breakfast time, bro. Amen. Amen. That's good. That's, that's a good – and a cup of coffee, that's for sure. Good, well said. <laughs> Michelle. Michelle, come on in. Uh, thanks, Coach. Um, well, this will be our third um, Super Bowl because um, that was how I found you. Two Super Bowls ago, they were making fun of you because you were going after um, the FCC um, yep. and Pepsi and anybody because of that horrific halftime show. And I can remember being so upset with that show because my niece was over here and we were playing a game right in front and I'm tripping over things to turn the television off. And you were the only person I heard that was upset and they were making fun of you. I actually didn't hear you. I heard them making fun of you. They treated you like the, um, the Kool-Aid. They put you in the Kool-Aid thing and they were just awful, but you were the only person speaking out against what happened. And that was when I started donating and it was a year before I spoke up here. So believe it or not, I've only been talking for a year. I know it seems like longer guys. Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> that's when i got on uh colbert i'm looking for it right now i was on colbert and he made fun of me i wasn't on it but my video uh, it's amazing right hey folks uh well uh, i'll hang on Go, kevin come on i want to show you something kevin and then uh producer come on in kevin nobody else stay out oh uh, i uh i'm gonna show you something i i, I speaking of uh, what we're just talked about uh, Chad Prather, who's running for governor, he's a comedian down in Texas. He he's running for governor down in Texas. He got after you too. Yep. And me and him got twisted up, and I I got him, and I mean I made him mad at me. He would not. He 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 blocked me. Anyway, <laughs> this show, this huddle, has pulled this introvert out of himself, and I have my own radio show. I have my own Christian radio show because. I had a little coach <laughs> kick me in the ass and, and, and say, you can do this. And you have, you've, you, it, you're, you're, it's, and I'm, this is not, this is not, this is not me blowing smoke up your backside coach. It's, this is, you have the ability to get men to do more than they think they can. Apostle Paul Thank said, follow, Apostle Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Somebody's got to lead, right? Folks, listen, then make the leader better than somebody else. Maybe it makes him bolder. Maybe it makes him braver. Maybe it gives him more experiences. But the leader learned to be a leader by being a follower. That's how you learn to lead. You learn how to follow. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And then at some point, you're put in a situation where you're the guy, and you got to step up, and you step out, and it's amazing. People follow you. So we're always about, in leadership, reproducing ourselves. That's what it is. We used to call that an apprentice. Anybody interested in being an apprentice for the Lord? I am. I am. I want to be an apprentice of the Lord. Follow me as I follow Christ. We'll figure this thing out. Uh, Vin, uh, producer, come on in. Hey, Coach. Yeah, I just wanted to say that um, I'm super thankful for uh, being part of this group, too. I know I'm, I, I work here, so uh, but I got fired a year, a little over a year ago from my other job, and I knew Jared, and he offered me the job here, and in, in multiple ways has been the best thing that ever happened to me. And one of the biggest parts is because I get to be a part of this sure, and, and it's made me a better man and a better husband and Christian all around. So thank you so much for uh, oh, to everybody cool. who's a part of it. Amen. And boy, do we got to get a hold of young guys like him. That's what we, got. that's why we got to go. I, I found cold bear, my cold bear thing. I want to do it. Listen, I want, can I give it Annette? Come on in. Then I want to give you a little bit of, a little bit of spiritual stuff here this morning to finish up. Come on in Annette. Don't unmute yourself, dear. <clears throat> Keep working at it in that. Craig, come on in while we're waiting on the net. 
Well, Coach, I think the thing when I try to just summarize, summarize what you've done for me, it's the impact. You, you, you impact someone. And that's probably one of the greatest compliments you can have in life because, you know, we just live life. We go through life. But very rarely do you, you really impact something. And that's a that's an important thing. And you've impacted me for a lot of good things in my life. Yeah. So I'm yeah. grateful for that. Thanks, Craig. Uh, hey, listen, in order to be a leader, there got to be followers. We have to learn how to follow first, folks. We have to learn how to follow. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. Uh, Annette, I don't know if you still want in or not. I'm going to move on if good, you don't come in. Good morning, Coach. It's Annette. I had my headphones on and they didn't work. Can uh, you hear me okay? Clear on California. <laughs> California. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Well, good morning. And that's a to Carlos out there for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I'm just thankful, Coach. Um, good morning. And uh, because uh, I, got, I got to meet you and I got to see um, your early shows um, because I was I was just asking about just somebody that was uh, doing a, a prayer booth at a farmer's market one day and I just asked, Hey, what do you, what do you guys listen to? You know, I knew about the, the new, you know, apps and everything with the internet and all that, but they, they mentioned Hagman and Hagman. And then I started looking at them, listening to them at the time. And then they introduced me to you. And then I just started following you. And I was, I was, I was excited about what you had to say because during that time was the, the debates um, from 2016 for um, the presidential debates and all that. So yeah. it was very interesting to me to listen yeah, to all I, that. I was right about Trump, wasn't I, Annette? I was right about Trump. <laughs> yeah, and so that was, no one was talking about that, and, and I wasn't into politics, but uh, I, mean, I got to learn more about you and, you know, your boldness. And, you know, I, yeah, you know, you, you come off real strong, but you're a coach, you know, just like you said, and more to me now, than anything is you disciple us, you know, you disciple me um, since I've been listening to you and I need the discipline and I'm sure a lot of us do. So I'm just thankful for that. <laughs> Amen. See, that's, that's really good because uh, you understand that the root word of disciple is discipline, right? Yes. Now, we could look that, we could look that word up and we could go a lot of different directions with the whole idea of discipline, right? Mm-hmm. But disciple is really what it's about. And that's why I said, follow me as I follow Christ. Don't follow me. Don't follow me. All right? When I get out of line, pull me back online and say, Coach, you, hey, you're missing it here, Coach. Follow me as I follow Christ. Bless you, Annette. Say hi to Carlos. Thank you. That's right in the fight. God bless. Uh, Rochelle, uh, Rochelle, come on in. Your hand's up, Rochelle. Did you not want to come in? Uh-oh. Well, somebody Go ahead, Coach. Me. I know you're going somewhere. I want you to go uh, somewhere. You got somewhere to go. Well, here's what I looked at. I don't have time to go. <clears throat> yeah, I do. <clears throat> yeah, I do. <clears throat> I was going <clears> to, <throat> I have time. I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it all. <clears throat> I can't do it all in the time I want to do it. Uh, casting down imaginations. And every high and lofty thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Here's where I was going this morning. My wife I told you my wife asked me a question, and I said, I know where I'm going. Here's where I'm going, and I don't have enough time to go there. So let me wet your whistle, and we'll we'll come back with it, okay? <clears throat> that is uh second Corinthians, I think, Spencer. <clears throat> Pull it down, uh, casting out imaginations and every high and lofty thing that exalts itself. <clears throat> excuse me, against the knowledge of God, bringing, casting down imaginations, verse 5, and every high thing, hmm, ponder that a minute. An imagination is a high thing. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. So here's the question of questions, or here's the statement of statements. We either rise or we fall on one very important point that we all miss there. Against the knowledge of God. 
What do you know about God? What do you believe about God determines everything in that in that one verse right there? Casting down imaginations, things that your mind's playing, games that your mind's playing with. Cast those things down in every high thing, whether it be an idea, whether whatever it be, whatever. When you say, Lord, is that true? I want to know the truth about that, Lord. You cast down every high thing that raises itself against what? What you know about God. And ultimately, how do you know things about God? Only one way. Yeah, two ways, one way, two ways. Experience. It's the only way that you know. When he says, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you, you either believe that or you don't. And see, the casting down of imaginations is the idea of trying to get you to question what you know about God. That's all it is. And I was saying to Michelle in the after show, my wife yesterday, in the after show, remember what we read yesterday? It says what? That uh, it will, uh, uh, I'm trying to remember the, my brain. <clears throat> There'll be no, um, the devil won't win. The devil won't win. But your entire mindset is, yes, he will. That's what the imagination is. So in your mind, you have this imagination of what you think and see and hear against what you know about God. He said he would never leave you. He would never forsake you. Yet at the same time, you have all this worry, all these thoughts, all these imaginations going on in your head, and the battle is in the mind. That's why he said take captive every thought. That's why he said renew your mind. That's why he said bring it into captivity, right? Because that thought, that imagination isn't real, especially against what you know about God. So the question is, what do you know about God? What do you know about him? And how many of those imaginations that you have do you ever actually bring to obedience? When that, when that you're on the computer, and I, I've told this story a thousand times, my wife Googled bathing suits one time because we were going on vacation. And then the next time we get on the computer, there's pop-ups with women with bathing suits. I thought, what the heck? What's going on? And what, what, what's going on is what? It's the temptation, right? The imagination. The imagination of what? Oh, I see that girl. She doesn't have very many clothes on. I wonder what it would be like to sleep with her. That's the imagination that comes into your head. And then that imagination leads to stupid action, stupid behavior, right? Oh, I'm going to get a hold of her. I'm going to contact her. I'm going to meet her at a bar. I'm going to have sex with her. And nobody will ever know. Well, that is stupid. That is stupid. But that's what, that's what those imaginations are. That's what we have to cast down. I tell my wife, Michelle, you never have to worry about me with another, another woman. You don't have to worry about it, okay? I've got, I'm going, I'll cast that thing down. I will not. I will never do that to you. I'll never do Now, hey, you got to be careful, right? Because everyone can be tempted and stumble. But I've, over, my, over the course of my life, I, I love my wife's. I can only imagine what I would feel like if she did that to me. And I will never do that to her. So that temptation, even though it, you know, sometimes the knock's louder than others, right? Sometimes pounding on your door. Sometimes it's just a scratch on your door. And I'm going to tell you this, as you continue to cast down those imaginations, that pounding on your door becomes a scratch. It never goes away. It never goes away. Why? Because that's how the enemy operates. That's that weapon that's formed against you, and it ain't going to prosper. Meaning what? It isn't going to do what it was sent to do. It wasn't sent to do that. And the enemy knows your weakness. Why does he know your weakness? Because he follows you and he hears what you say. And then he knows whether or not he's making any hay with you. And how does he know it? See, the devil can't read your mind. The devil has ears. And when you say, oh, I just, like the whole time with our little grandson, Declan, they told us he was going to have Down syndrome. And other. I, I said, are you kidding me? He's fearfully and wonderfully made. They're lying. Will you quit listening to those doctors? That's, that's the, right? That's the battleground of the mind, folks. That's the battleground of the mind, okay? That's what we have to cast down 
every day. These lies that come into our lives that will never come to fruition. But don't ever forget this. Job said, the thing that I feared most has come upon me. Isn't that something? What are you fearing? Because if you give life and legs to those fears, it will, folks, manifest in your life. Cast down those imaginations and everything that exalts itself against what you know about God. So the question is, what do you know about God? We'll see you tomorrow.